This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 192 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Hope you guys are having a lovely quarantine day. Oh my gosh, it sure is beautiful out though, right? Yeah, it is. If you can walk out, you know, in in a square out on your little front porch and take a look at it. That's true. <laughs> we ha- We hope you guys are being safe and doing good and... Just really sad to hear about Joe Diffie passing away today. That was a shocker. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, uh, considering he just found out literally like Thursday or Friday that he had this. So, you guys, I know it's hard to everybody to stay in one spot in, but just try to keep to yourselves and love one another and enjoy your family time. Enjoy your social media. It's a good way. It's a good time to start using like FaceTime and Zoom mm-hmm. and um, all those other face Facebook Live and all. Oh the, yeah, you know to yeah. be able to. You know, you can still talk to everybody. You just can't yeah. physically get up and go out there. But, yeah. It's been know. fun. I've been seeing a lot of bands go on Facebook Live and do some shows, which is awesome. Yeah. So that's really nice of them to do that. While we're on the subject, just a quick little, um, my ex-wife lost her sister a couple of days ago. Yeah. So just wanted to say, you know, thoughts and prayers out to their family. Yeah. You know, very sad. It's a tough time right now. It's tough to lose somebody anytime, but it's really tough during this time because... You can't really have proper funerals for people. You can't really, you know, I know in their situation, only two people could even be in the hospital with her when she was on life support. And, you know, it's just rough when you got to pick and choose who can actually spend time with a loved one. And some hospitals, I know we were uh, at a friend's house and their son had to be rushed to the hospital and they flat told her, you, you can't come. You know, and it's it's tough when, mm-hmm. when you can't visit loved ones during a uh, in time like this. Yeah. Just stay strong, guys. We can get through all this. All right. First of all, thanks to all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you, guys and gals and dogs, for everything that you do to keep us safe in the world. Yes. God bless you guys for watching over us and keeping us safe. That goes for the doctors, the nurses, EMT, anybody in the medical field. God bless you guys. I know you're so tired and worn out and scared to come to your own house. Uh, you know, in fear that you're going to bring this stuff home, but uh, thank you, your angels on this earth for sure. I also want to throw in because I don't think they get enough credit the truckers out there. Oh my gosh, yes. What would we do without them? You guys and gals are literally uh, working nonstop mm-hmm. hours right now. Most of the the truck stops are closed, so it's it's making it even tougher on you mm-hmm. guys. But somebody's got to bring these products to. Yeah fill up these empty shelves with and you guys are, are doing it doing uns- a great job heroes out there absolutely thank you guys for all that okay this is a struggle for a lot of people i see it more and more on facebook but this quarantine thing is making people who suffer from depression and stuff even have a harder time 
Sometimes it's just momentary. Sometimes it's a couple of days. But you never really know how something is affecting somebody. Just keep that in mind. If you've got friends or family members that you know kind of struggle, maybe from depression or or just day-to-day life, check up on them more. FaceTime them. Mm-hmm. You know, send them a Facebook message. Phone call them. Whatever you need to do, stay in contact with your friends and family members. Just because we have to social distance. Uh, as I saw today on Twitter, there was some confusion over social distancing. As far as uh, they said that sometimes that might be sending the wrong message. What we should be saying is physical distancing. Right, right. So, you know, you don't have to stay away from people via the phone or text or anything like that. You can communicate just as often, and I would highly encourage it. Mm-hmm. So, but if you're one of those people out there listening and you need to reach out to somebody, we are available. Absolutely, the group all times. is available. The Suicide Hotline in America, 1-800-273-8255. And, of course, if you're more of a texter, 741-741. So. Amen. All right. I'm going to bring this up in the beginning. This was normally something we would probably talk about at the end of the show, but I don't know how many people stick around and listen to our, you know, iTunes reviews and stuff like that. But uh, we gave it enough time to where we feel like there's not really much of an option with restaurants being closed still here in Kentucky. And here we are into uh, April. There's no doubt that this this thing's going to last at least a couple more weeks. With restaurants being closed, people are down on their luck right now because some of them are have lost their jobs. Income's tight. It's going to be tough for people to travel, even even if we're able to do it. So we've come to the conclusion by talking to the other shows involved that we need to cancel the show that was to be scheduled in Louisville on April 25th. Yeah, that's really disappointing. It sucks, but it's it's the best thing to do for yeah. everybody involved. Yeah, we got to make sure everybody's safe. And, you know, that's the responsible thing. Like we said, and even if it is safe come the 25th, because, I mean, that's still almost four weeks away. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that people will have the money to travel that had planned on coming or yeah. bought tickets? So we will be issuing full refunds if you bought a ticket to the Louisville show. Uh, stay tuned if you've got Waverly tickets, as we do. My guess is, and I'm purely speculating, I haven't talked to anybody there. My guess is they have already canceled all their stuff, I think, up to April 6th. That's probably going to go through the rest of the month, is going to be my guess. And they'll probably get issue refunds on all that, too. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, obviously if you got questions, call Waverly on that one. But I, I would be willing to bet that you'll probably get a refund on that. So. Okay. Yeah. Just the way way that goes, we hate it. Uh, as far as the Indianapolis show, that one's May, I think, 19th. We're going to hold off a week or so, maybe two weeks on that. Let's see what happens. But I would be prepared for that one to probably be canceled, too. Yeah. I was prepared, really, to just cancel both of them tonight. But after talking to the shows involved, we decided to give it another couple of weeks to see what happens. Right. But same situation. Even if everything's clear, how many people are going to be financially ready to just up and travel and um, all that. And then how many people, even if you are able to travel, will still be a little paranoid about doing mm-hmm. it. You know, you might say, you know, oh, well, this stuff might be over, but do I really want to be in a crowd? Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. So we'll find out here sooner or later. All right, so now the negative stuff's out of the way. Well, Let's talk uh, some ghosts and stuff. How about that? Feels good to get that negative crap out of my throat. <laughs> I, I hate that we're having to cancel those shows. We look so forward to them, especially the, the uh, Louisville one. It's always the first one every year, and uh, it's usually the most well-attended, and eh, this sucks, you know. It do that. It is what it is. But we love you guys. That's right. All right, tonight's show... Tracy, I like, I like to start off answering this, even though I always know what the answer is. 
I ask you every week, have you ever heard... <laughs> Don't act like you know me. Have you ever heard of Archer Avenue? <laughs> a bug almost flew in my mouth. Oh, my God. Well, the things you'll do to put off answering the question. <laughs> did you see that? No, I did not. It I was like right in up. my face. No. <laughs> so I have not heard of that. And I'm telling you, a bug almost flew in my mouth. I've, okay, we'll go with that. Tell that, bug, tell that bug he needs to stay six feet away. I know. He's all up in my grill. What up? <laughs> He don't know the rules. <laughs> All right. I know that a lot of shows, almost every paranormal show I've listened to, has done an episode on Resurrection Mary in Chicago. To be honest, it's just one of those stories that I've never been that enthralled with. So, therefore, we haven't done one. Even though we've done almost all the major ones. I know people get tired of hearing us say, oh, we've done almost every major story. There's just not as many of the big ones. And I know somebody's got to be saying, we haven't done Resurrection Mary. There's all kinds of information. (laughs) And there is. (laughs) Trust me. But it's just not one of my favorite topics. So, I do, though, kind of feel obligated to do an episode because it is such an iconic story. And what kind of paranormal show would we be if we didn't cover a story that iconic? Well, duh. So I decided that since this story takes place on Archer Avenue, that we would do this episode on Archer Avenue itself. So you're still not going to do it? No, we are. (laughs) We're going to do it on Archer Avenue as a whole, and we're going to discuss... All the many types of paranormal activity that, that take place on that street. And, of course, we'll cover Resurrection Mary. But it won't be the only story we do tonight. It won't be a deep dive. Uh, I would highly suggest if you want a deep dive, you can listen to Pleasing Terrors. They did a really good version. Mm-hmm. And, like, a two weeks before that, three weeks before that, Astonishing Legends did oh. several episodes on it. Okay. And, you know, so if you want to really get into it, if you haven't listened to those episodes, you can go listen to those, and I think you'll be impressed with the information they dig up. So Archer Avenue is in the Windy City of Chicago, Illinois. It was originally an old Native American trail, and you may be wondering, why is Archer Avenue so haunted? First of all, calm down. We'll get to it. (laughs) Okay. I get tired of people pressuring me. Uh Uh-huh. Anyways. Archer Avenue is considered to be one of the most powerful spirit lines on the entire planet. It was officially paved and made an official road in 1830. Now, it's not the whole road that has the, I think I just said hold road. Tales of not only Resurrection Mary, but tales of murder, monks, beheadings, and other things have been told for decades in Chicago about Archer Avenue. Wow, there's all kinds of fun stuff going on there. (laughs) Dang! So I still haven't answered the question as to why it's so haunted. Some think that the intense energy connected to Archer Avenue comes from a combination of Native American remains in the area, magnetic lines in the earth, and all of the surrounding bodies of water. All right, well, I guess we should start with the big one. Resurrection Mary. Alrighty then. Was we done with the other one? We didn't start another one. We didn't start one yet. We were just talking about, in general, why it was haunted. Oh. <laughs> so that really wasn't a story. <laughs> okay. Day. <laughs> she has haunted this stretch of Archer Avenue from Resurrection Cemetery and Willowbrook Ballroom. Willowbrook used to be called O'Henry Ballroom, which is where our story is going to start in the 1930s. Eventually. The story goes... <laughs> That Mary was first seen in 1939. There's a guy named Jerry Paulus. 
Oh my gosh, he I was, thought you were going to say Polly so bad. <laughs> he was at the O. Henry Ballroom. He sees this beautiful blonde, right? And she's this young lady. She's intoxicating to him. She, he walks up, he introduces himself, and they danced all night long and had a great time. Well, good for them. Jerry offered her a ride home. She accepted. She gets in the car. He asked her where he should take her, and she says to Resurrection Cemetery. Oh, my gosh. He's probably like, what the? Ew, that's a kinky chick. <laughs> he's probably thinking it, but he's probably still thinking, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, whatever you want, girlfriend. They get to the cemetery. She gets out of the car, and she starts walking towards the gates of the cemetery, but then she disappeared before she actually got to the gates. Now, over the years, multiple men have came forward with a similar story. On Holy August 10th. crap. Are you kidding? Yes. Let me guess, you've never heard this story either. I don't think I have. <laughs> I really don't. It may literally be the most famous paranormal story ever. Well, you know, I didn't jump the paranormal train till <laughs> about two years ago, so I got some catching up to You're do. You're going to get ran over by the train. Oh my gosh. So. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just like dumbfounded. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> August 10th, 1976. There was a man that was passing by a resurrection cemetery. He looks over and he sees a woman holding on to the bars of the cemetery gates, but she's on the inside. So she wants out. It, it would appear. He calls the police, thinking that she's locked in somehow. Well, the police get there. They do a complete search of the cemetery. Couldn't find anybody. But they did find something unusual. The bars on the gate that she was holding on to, they were bent at two sharp angles. With two blackened scorch marks on them where they had been pulled apart. Those marks, by the way, were in the shape of a handprint and had the texture of human skin. What in the world? So, I guess she got out. That's, like, impressive. It is very impressive. Wow. So, nobody's exactly sure who exactly Mary is, but legend says that... She was at this ballroom, the old Henry Ballroom that we were talking about in the 1930s. She got into a fight with her boyfriend and she stormed out. Keep in mind, Archer Avenue back in the 30s would have been a very wooded stretch of road right there and in, in where this would have happened. So it would have been very dark. Some say that she was struck by a car and died. She almost always appears as a young, pale blonde in a white party dress. Now, one of the most famous stories was in the 1970s from a taxi driver by the name of Ralph, who, when he gave an interview, Ralph did not give his last name because he was afraid people would think he was crazy. His words, not mine. So Ralph says he picks up this blonde girl in a white dress. She tells him to go down Archer Avenue. He says she was relatively quiet, except for some comments that the snow had come early this year. She abruptly yelled to stop the taxi in front of the cemetery. He slams on the brakes. He looks away for a moment, and he said when he turned back around, she was no longer in the car. He said the door never opened. May the good Lord strike me dead. It never opened. And she didn't pay for her fee either. Apparently not. So she witched and ditched. <laughs> <laughs> That 
is the creepiest crap, man. That is so creepy. <laughs> so there's been some other reports of seeing Resurrection Mary walking down the road. Sometimes she jumps in the middle of traffic. Duh, that's how what happened to her. Don't she learn? <laughs> Others pick her up only to have her vanish as they get to the cemetery or she gets out of the car or as the driver walks around to open the car door. She's she like not there. Oh, man. Sometimes people call police after finding a body of a young girl. But when the police arrive, there's only an imprint in the grass in the shape of a body, but no body. There's been many attempts to find out the true identity of Resurrection Mary, but to no, no avail. You mean nobody knows who she is? No. There were searches done of women named Mary that were killed in the 1920s and the 1930s in the area. A 21-year-old by the name of Mary Brajor, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, but that's what I've got, Brajor, was killed in 1934. She was a passenger in a car that ran off the road and into a structure and was killed. This Mary was a brunette, though, so there's no incidents involving a pedestrian being hit anywhere mm-hmm. and killed on that road during this time. So, wow, who knows? And then there's another young lady that her name was Mary, but she was like 13 years old. So mm-hmm. that there's no way any of the rest of that would have fit with her being 13, her going to the ball and all that stuff, or the ballroom. It just wouldn't have worked. Hmm. So Maybe she looked over her age. <laughs> Probably not. Oh. Anyways, and we didn't really mention this earlier, but I think it's kind of cool. Resurrection Cemetery is about 540 acres, which makes it one of the largest in the United States. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. Farmers would kill for that kind of land. But they're already dead, so... So is this a cool ghost story or just an urban legend? That's really the the, the question that's always been asked. The, is there really a resurrection, Mary, or not? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I kind of feel like it is. It is what? True. <laughs> so that there was a. It wasn't a yes or no. It was, oh. Is it a? Is it an urban legend or is it fact? No, I feel like it's fact. <laughs> But how do you explain not having a, a name that matches up to that for real? Well, I mean, that could have been some random lady that just came to town or something that nobody knows about. That's true, but there would still be a report of it. That's very true, but... Most of the time when people get killed from out of town, they still report it. Well, true, unless it was some kind of killing that was meant for her to be killed and people are just hush-hushing it for some stupid reason. So you think it might have been like a mob hit? Yeah. <laughs> They didn't like the shit. Yeah. So no, this, so not this a mom young, hit. beautiful blonde was out in, the, in Chicago maybe at a dance a, hall. A, maybe. And she left and the mob decided to place a hit on her. Maybe somebody's wife had her killed. Maybe she was messing around with her man. They still would have reported that, though. Let's move on. Oh, my God. I don't know then. <laughs> don't make. Now I'm doubting. <laughs> so now we got the big one out of the way. Let's do some other fun, lesser-known stories. At least by people outside of our trip. Because if you live anywhere in Chicago, you probably know most of these stories. Yeah. Some of these are really short, by the way. But they're interesting nonetheless, so I included them. Well, you go. Archer Avenue is so active with the paranormal that it How has... How active its- is it? Well, it's so active. <laughs> <laughs> It's my horrible Johnny Carson that yeah. 70% of the audience would be like, what the hell Who's is that? 
It's so active that it has its own triangle named after it, which is called the Archer Avenue Triangle. You probably could have guessed that one. Yeah. I couldn't get it out fast enough, though. (laughs) People in the area will tell you that the lake has a reputation for strange and unusual. It's been the site of black magic rituals and a gathering place for all kinds of cults there. Mm -hmm. There was even a corpse of a teenage girl found there at the lake. That's sad. That is sad. The most famous activities at the lake is the ghost light, though. It's bright red. It moves very slowly over the northern shore of the lake. And there's no real explanation for what causes this strange orb. Of course, there is no shortage of folklore from the locals about what it was. Some of these stories will sound familiar to almost any other town that has a ghost light that we've covered before. One of the stories is that in the early days of the area, a settler was beheaded by a tribe of Native Americans. The light is from his ghost lantern as he searches for his head. So what do you think about that? Well, first of all, why are you searching with a red light? You can't see crap with a red light. <laughs> That's true. Do you feel me? I mean, why you not get an LED light or a red, <laughs> a white light? Why you got to have a red light? You can't see nothing on the ground in the dark. Maybe in the afterlife. White light is just used for certain things, you know, because everybody's like, go towards the light and all that stuff. You can't, maybe you can't, maybe white light's off limits. You got to pick a different color. Oh, well, that's not the right color. Just saying. You might as well pick the, you know, a black light. Well, here's the thing about these legends that you, and like I said, we've heard these before. How many stories have we heard about somebody that mm-hmm. they're, they're looking for their head? Well, first of all, you're in the afterlife. You obviously have no issues at all getting around doing stuff. Why do you need your head for? Yeah. So why do you need your head? And second of all, what are you looking with? You don't have any eyes. Oh. That's kind of a fruitless search if you're looking around with no eyes. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't even think about the eyeball thing. <laughs> I mean, I at some know. point in time, you could probably figure stuff out. I mean, well, Stevie Wonder figured out where all the keys were on his keyboard. That's true, but that's, you know, it's disturbing to walk around with no head. People look at you weird. <laughs> and, like, I mean, where does head go? You know You're what I'm going to know that people are looking at you weird. You don't have a head. You don't have eyeballs. Same situation. Oh, well, I'll be quiet. Some say, <laughs> some say it's the exact opposite scenario, and it's the ghost of a Native American who's looking for his head. Either way, same, same. <laughs> but wait, there's more. How many heads are to be found? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Garth Brooks is out there singing, Well, I'm headless. <laughs> Honey, I don't have any eyes. Anyways. Nothing to put my hat on either. <laughs> the area saw its share of mob-related deaths in the 1920s, so some think that the ghost is one of Al Capone's victims. And I'm not sure why they would even think it's one of Al Capone's victims. There were several mobsters and people getting killed back in the 1920s yeah. in Chicago. So Al Capone was just one of the oh yeah one of the many. Who could ever know? Anyway, so there's also the legend. We're moving on from that. Okay. Like. There's also the legend of the Black Widow. This is a ghost named Debbie. This is kind of a cool story. It's different. Debbie likes to play games on foggy nights, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking checkers and mm-hmm. Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Debbie's a little more into uh, a faster way of life, we'll say. So this story is that on foggy nights, she parks her 1965 Ford Fairlane in the parking lot of a restaurant called The Why Not Drive-In. The restaurant's no longer around, by the way. It's called... The Why Not. 
the why not like yeah why like not the, yeah. like that okay yep. so she would park here and she'd wait for a guy to pull up next to her and kind of start flirting around with her then she tells the guy that if he'll follow her she will give him a night to remember and we all know what that means Ooh la la tea and cookies <laughs> what did that come from <laughs> What the man doesn't know, though, is that she's going to lead him on a very dangerous wild goose chase through the fog on all these curvy roads. He will be following her taillights, but never really able to catch up with her. So after she takes off, that's pretty much it. Now, what a hussy. All we know is that several wrecks have resulted from these incidents with the same story from the men that were included in the wrecks. But as far as we know, nobody was ever killed or oh, thank God. seriously injured. But it's a fairly common story in that stretch on foggy nights. So next on the agenda is the St. James of the Sag Church, better known as Monk's Castle. So this is a name that was given by those in the area because of the numerous sightings of specter monks carrying lanterns, uh, dressed in them brown robes that you're so used to seeing, and chanting as they walk in unison. That's freaky. That's very freaky. So the story has it that there was a group of evil monks. They would catch and torture groups of teenagers, and the monks haunt the cemetery and the church. Hmm. There's a lot of cemeteries in this little stretch, too. Yeah. So this legend is a bit unique. So they're... (laughs) You know all I can think about. (laughs) What? (laughs) Is that picture of all those umbrellas. (laughs) (laughs) And you said, or somebody said, here I was having a conversation because I thought they were monks and they were just umbrellas. (laughs) (laughs) You're silly. (laughs) I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> oh, anyway, I was just saying, this, this this legend's a little bit unique. So what they do is they would they would try to lure unsuspecting teenagers. This is what they do today, even today. The oh ghost, my God, they the do ghost, them today? The ghost. To adults? They would lure unsuspecting teenagers okay. into the churchyard. So if they're, if, they're, if they're coming around and they're trying to, you know play around or whatever like kids young kids yeah, do play yeah. smoke pot or whatever they kind of lure them in and when they catch them they shave their heads just like franciscan monks that's what wow. the story is. that's what the story says other things they will do to torture these teens that they catch include making them kneel on uncooked rice for hours on end you know i never really thought about that you know that's gotta hurt but that would hurt yeah i would guess I'm pretty sure those kids would have given my head off their joint. All I had to do was ask. Probably. Instead of making them shave their head and all that stuff. It would also hurt equally on some of Kristen's cooked rice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. Oh, my gosh. Probably not always done in some cases. Boy, that would hurt, though. Seriously, if you had to sit like that forever. Yeah. So as far as the history of the church goes, there has never been any monks assigned to the church. So I don't know where the monk deal came from. But priests, on the other hand have ran off teenagers that are trespassing with bullhorns and flashlights. 
because it's still a popular place for yeah. people to come. Why would they come there, would you say? Well, the legend brings them. And a common dare for teenagers is to do the Monk's Castle Run, which means you're challenged to run from one end of the cemetery to the other end without getting caught. And that's what most of them come there for. In the cemetery? Yes. Oh, man, no, there's no way I would do that. <laughs> I'd trip and fall and all that other stuff. And it's disrespectful. Yes. Quit doing that, people. So we're at a point now where we have to have the obligatory devil story. Because every, every place like this has to have a devil story, right? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about the Kaiser Hall. There were lots of dance halls, as we've already talked about, you know, in the 1900s. We had the old Henry one that we talked about a little bit earlier. This one was called the Kaiser, call, Kaiser Hall. sorry, mm-hmm. And it was really popular with a lot of immigrants. Oh, and the devil. He was really popular there. He loved it, apparently. Wow. I guess, technically, the devil was an immigrant. He's not really from Earth. Oh, so. well, that's, I was going to say would, that, but I didn't kind want... Kind of be an immigrant situation. I there. didn't want to offend anybody. <laughs> so this, I think, is another urban legend, I would say. Um, and it's a really similar story to the Dublin Hellfire Club story that we told. I don't know if you remember or not, but in that one, there was a stranger who showed up to play cards. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys from the Hellfire Club dropped a card, and he bent down under the table to pick it up, and he noticed that the stranger had cloven hooves. <gasps> and then he ended up, in that story, if I remember correctly, he kind of, like, disappeared in a burst of flames. You know, that's what happened there. Well, in this story, what happened was there was this young lady. She was in the club dancing with this guy. He was handsome. He was debonair. She just thought he was the bee's knees, as they would say back in the days. Mm-hmm. Anyways... At some point in time, after dancing most of the night, she looks down and she noticed that his feet weren't what she expected. We'll Were they say. hairy? No. We'll just say she started screaming. And several of the young men in the club were thinking, oh, this guy's made some kind of improper advance or something like you wouldn't have done in the 1930s. Yeah. And they run over. This guy runs up to the second floor. They chase He gets up to the second floor window and he jumps. He lands two stories down perfectly like a gymnast Mm -hmm. and takes off running. And the only thing left was an imprint in the cement of cloven hooves. Wow. She must have been a good dancer not to step on his hooves. Yeah. (laughs) Or if he didn't step on hers either. Oh, yeah. Or she would have known. Oh, my gosh, how scary. So while we're talking about ballrooms, I'm going to still change the subject, but this is across from O'Henry Ballroom that we talked about, so it's good enough lead-in, I figured. so. There's a place called, I think it was called O'Henry's Roadhouse, but it's not called it anymore, but it was O'Henry's Roadhouse. And this was one of Al Capone's speakeasies during the day. Roadhouse. So, (laughs) Roadhouse. (laughs) So it had all the food, liquor, gambling, and a brothel. All right. Now we're talking. <laughs> it had a nice basement, too. Well, this, well. This is where they used to interrogate and kill Capone's enemies. Oh, no. <laughs> so there was a small room on the second floor that was used for abortions for the ladies that worked at the brothel. Oh, Lord. The building also had a bunch of hidden compartments in the walls to hide Capone's men and they had underground tunnels to be used as escape routes 
if opposing mobs and stuff or, or the uh, police should enter. So this place had a little bit of everything. This place is probably most definitely haunted. It's known now as the Irish legend, but specter and voices are often seen there. A badly beaten woman's face sometimes shows up in the bathroom mirror. Aww. This is assumed to be one of the women from the brothel. She also appeared to the owner, and she told him that she appreciated the renovation that was going on there. Oh, bless her heart. Other sightings are of corpses being carried off. Sounds of screaming and sounds of gunshots are also heard on the premises. There's also sightings of men that are fleeing through the woods. Uh, and that's happened on, on several different occasions. That's that's a really common sighting. And that's mainly because um, there's woods. If you've seen this place, there are actually woods right behind it. Mm-hmm. So that's where all this wood stuff come from. Some visitors think they're being watched from those trees that we just talked about. And I would think that would make people a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I would be uncomfortable to think people are in the woods looking at me. <laughs> Shoot. All right, so we talked about the devil. What if we switch gears just a little bit and talk about a demon carriage? How okay, yeah. So this is actually one of Archer Avenue's most famous stories. This story is kind of ties into some of the stories we had previously mentioned. So when we get to the parts that kind of tie in, I'll, I'll tell you about it. So this story is of a horse-drawn hearse that apparently does not have a driver. You remember the horse-drawn hearse, uh, hearse we saw in... Damn it. <laughs> what was the... Um, in Key West when we were at the oh, Robert... Oh, yeah, Because yeah. he was in the same room with yeah. Robert the Doll. They had one yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. All right, so it's a... It's either a ghost or a phantom hearse, some say. So there's not an actual hearse, but people see it, but there's not a physical hearse there. It's made of black oak with glass windows. Some witnesses have said that it, they have seen a child's coffin on the inside because you can see it through the glass. Hmm. The hearse goes up and down Archer and through the cemetery. I said that there'd be a couple of tie-ins to some stuff we previously mentioned, and that's going to come into play now as we talk about the origin of the hearse or where it came from. Now, some think that this hearse was the one that was used by the parents of Resurrection Mary and used to transport her, transport her body throughout, mm-hmm. you know, to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. It's doubtful because I would think that being Resurrection Mary supposedly died in the 1930s, and, and I don't have any way of knowing this because I didn't research it, but I wouldn't think there would be very many people using horse-drawn hearses in the 1930s. No. Cars really had been a, a thing think, yeah. for a while. I'm not saying there's not, but I don't think it would be very often. So that's just my guess on that one. The other speculation is back in 1897, there was a sighting of a hearse and it was reporting to have happened right at James of the Sag, which is the monk castle. Mm -hmm. So that was an original sighting that, you know, that was way before resurrection Mary. Oh yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. But that was the, the, you know, the very first sighting of of that. I don't know. So we don't know really what that is or what it's not, but that's the two stories that tie in. Mm -hmm. So we talked about that church earlier. Anyways. So let's talk some cults. You want to talk some cults? Indiana cults? Cults. 
Colts. <laughs> Not Colts. <laughs> <laughs> There's a forest preserve along Archer Avenue called Redgate Woods. Here's a fun fact. During the days of the Manhattan Project, which is when they were coming up for the, um, working on the plans for the atom bomb mm-hmm. that they dropped in uh, Japan, this forest was the first nuclear reactor burial site. Oh. How about that? Whoa. About a half a mile away, there are other things that happen in these woods. There have been talks for years that a satanic cult that holds black uh, rituals back Mm -hmm. there, black Mm -hmm. magic rituals, in a specific clearing, and they will chase off anybody who approaches it. Hikers find strange red symbols painted on the trees, and they will find altars that are made of stones and logs. The proximity of these woods to the... uh, cemetery and close to all the water is a draw for the occult they mm. say there's even stories that say that the the occults that have practices out there have dug pits and they dig them by the nearby trails to trap trespassers if uh-huh. they try to come by to get near the place oh now speaking of cemeteries let's talk about a mostly german cemetery named bethania cemetery we have two well-known ghosts here. The first is an old man in a red flannel shirt. That literally could be any old man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's typical in a red flannel shirt. He's seen by passerbys late at night. It's usually in the fall. He's holding a rake and burning a pile of leaves near the maintenance entrance. Oh. And when I say late, I'm talking like two in the morning. Very late. He don't probably know what time it is. Probably not. Yeah. He's usually smiling, but as you get a closer look, he just vanishes. I love him. (laughs) The other ghost isn't as normal as the man raking and burning leaves. This one is a man covered in blood. No. He likes to flag down people that are driving by with his flashlight. He sometimes jumps into the road in front of the cars. If somebody does stop, he turns and runs back to the cemetery and disappears. What's the point of that, I wonder? No idea. There has been at least one driver ran off the road by him. Oh, well, I mean, I, if you, I mean, wouldn't you probably run off the road if he jumped in front of you? I would think. That would be, that would be a good story for farmer's insurance. Bloody flashlight waving guy. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so we're going to end with my favorite story from Archer Avenue. There's a cemetery called Fairmont Willow Hills Memorial Park. Right near the entrance, there's this awesome Erie's Hill clock tower. This place has lots of hills, keep in mind. People can see shadows running back and forth on the hills. Oh, man. Is it lit? Like the clock? Not, not great lit. Uh-huh. Some think... That one of these figures or whatever they see running around is a woman who was murdered here at the cemetery. Now, that actually did happen. There was a woman murdered at the cemetery. And they think that might be her ghost. Here's the best part, though. You know what a harpsichord is? Yeah. So, it's like a piano, but like a little higher pitch. Yeah. There's harpsichord music that can be heard coming from the White Mausoleum. Oh, what's so strange about that? Well, see, the White Mausoleum is filled in with concrete. There is no inside 
<laughs> of the white mausoleum. Well, that'd be a little hard to do. Well, and it's even harder now because in 2003, it burnt down. So there is no more white mausoleum. How's it burned down when it's all rock? I don't know, but it did. But even though it's not there, people still hmm. hear music. Oh, they still hear it? Coming from that scene. Not as much, but there is still some music, at least bits and pieces coming mm-hmm. from that area. That's kind of cool, though. So that's my story on Archer Avenue. What do you think? That was pretty, a lot of stuff. We, we might have to go there when we go to Chicago for our show. I think it would be cool. We'll make David Flora take us out there. Maybe he'll, you know, create some other kind of epidemic or something. Because <laughs> you know he's bad luck. Oh, <laughs> poor David. I like how you said you're going to make him. Well, I mean, why wouldn't we? <laughs> we get Brent to do it. He lives there, too. So oh, I know. Brent that, Hand from, you know. Yeah, that would be cool. I, would, I wouldn't mind to do that. Be interesting, for sure. We're definitely going to get up there and spend at least a day in Chicago before the show. We'll go up there on Friday. I hope so. So. Consider, hopefully there's, Ugh. you know, that's in June. Please, God. So. In this pandemic already. So, anyways. Tracy, would you like to do the honors? I sure do. Or I sure will. <laughs> All right. Our iTunes was from the JDMC Mojo Lobster, G-Truck 88, David Lynn, and the little Limpy. Nice. Limpy. Is that how you say it? I don't know. L-Y-M-P-I-H-I-E. Limpy. Limpy. We'll go with that. But thank you guys for your nice reviews. They were so sweet. You guys were awesome. Hey, I have a favor. Okay. First of all, leave more reviews. Second of all, <laughs> during this time, this pandemic, here's something you can really do to help us out. People are staying at home looking for things to do. Tell people about our show post it on facebook just post hey if you've not listened to this podcast give them a listen Mm -hmm. that helps us out and it will help somebody else out because hopefully they like it and it gives them some hours of entertainment that they otherwise wouldn't have during this time just being stuck yeah that would be nice you can only watch the tiger king so many damn times (laughs) i still haven't watched it i haven't watched it either i might watch it tonight though oh all right our patreons are from kathy james daniel smith and Darian White, thank you guys. You are amazing. We love you all so much. Yeah, we definitely appreciate the Patreon support even more now than ever because we know that funds are very limited for some people, so we appreciate that. Yeah, thank you guys. You're amazeballs. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Well, it is it. Till the next time. But you guys love one another. Take care of yourselves, please. No, oh, and I will end on this. I actually have my license. To be a life insurance agent. I'm excited about it. And I had my first two clients by yesterday. If you live in Kentucky and would like to talk to me about possibly getting an insurance quote, hit me up. Yep. It's his new venture. Yep. I love it. Yeah. Have license. We'll travel. (laughs) I will drive. Yes, you will. And during this rough time, we can actually do a lot of this stuff over like video. So Mm -hmm. we can probably accomplish something without breaking the... uh, Mm -hmm. rules of of social distancing but we love you guys please take care of each other okay and like we said before if anybody needs to talk or anything or you're just bored just give us a shout man call us anytime absolutely thank you guys have a blessed week